Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Show for January 9th. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. We have an absolutely loaded episode for you today. Gino from the That's What G Said podcast. He is going to have his horse racing by the day from Gulfstream Park. And my boy Bryce from the I Need It Sports Pod. He's going to be stopping by. We're going to look back at week 18 plus share our super wild card weekend bets. But before we get into all that, I'd like to say thank you to the sponsor of the show, Parlay Play. If you're not using Parlay Play, you're really missing out. They allow you to parlay together targets, fantasy points, first half, full game, points per game, receiving yards, rushing yards, and all sports. If you're not using it, you're really missing out. Link to that is in the description if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, go to the App Store, download it, use promo code NFL Betting Blitz for 100% deposit match now let's jump in to Gulfstream park and see what gino has a cooking for us over there our best bet for this week is going to come at Gulfstream park on wednesday we're going to take a look at race number two now this one is carded for the grass what's a positive about this particular horse is even if the race is taken off the grass the horse who i'm going to talk about has experience on the synthetic but if they are on the grass this horse is damn one on the turf so i actually think she should be fine on the grass i'm looking at her first two races in her debut she ran really well she was fourth but she was only beaten the length that day she showed a lot more speed then in her second start she drew a wide post so she wasn't able to get as close to the lead early on she was about four or five lengths off early and she got caught in between horses she had to move out really really wide you look at this race, there is not that much early speed in here at all. Uh, I think the three Palace Flirt will be forwardly placed. I'd love to see her sitting second or third. And I think she'll get a really nice trip from down on the inside, expecting a good effort from Palace Flirt. Make sure to give my boy Gino a follow at It's Me Gino B on social media. Now, let's shift our attention over to some NFL and welcome Bryce to the show. Bryce, how are you doing, my man? Doing good. Glad to be back on the show. Thanks for having me on, Eric. Uh, man, this year's going by quick. We're already in the playoffs. It went by in the snap of a finger. Dude, it feels like yesterday is, we were talking about time, the beginning. Time is flying. There's only so many NFL games left. But before we jump into all that, why don't you tell everyone about your podcast? I had a great time going on it during your live event for the play in tournament. Why don't you tell everyone about that when it comes out and what you guys cover on it? Uh, yeah. So if you look at that name in my corner of the screen at I N I S P O D, other words, I need it sports podcast. Me and a couple high school buddies, you know, we've been talking sports forever, figured now that we're kind of, you know, more grown, have more free time without the the uh, responsibilities of school, decided to start a podcast, talk, chop it up about football, basketball, NBA, NFL, college football, college basketball. So we do appreciate you again for coming out a couple weeks ago to sit and watch that live game that wasn't so much of a game with the Lakers uh, blowing out the Pelicans, but uh. Yeah, man, it's it's been really good doing this for about a year and a half now, which seems crazy. I think we've had like 70, we're coming up on 70, 71 episodes, I think. And uh, usually episodes come out Thursday or Friday. 
for the NFL. Now that the NFL is kind of ending, we'll pick back up into the NBA, dive more into that. So that'll be a different schedule that I'm not too sure of just yet. But I know of as of this week, we'll be recording our playoff episode Thursday night, and that'll be coming out Friday morning. So definitely be on the lookout for that. And like I said, you can follow us at INISPOD on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I believe it's an underscore first before you spell out I need a sports pod. But yeah, follow us there. Let me ask you this before we jump into the NFL stuff. Are the Pacers done with the big injury that happened last night? Yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Um, it was kind of I kind of expected it. You know, the in-season tournament, everybody was obviously playing for something. And then as soon as it was over, the Lakers and Pacers kind of went on a, a downturn and started losing and dropping games. The Lakers are still dropping like crazy right now. I would assume there's going to be some type of blockbuster trade. I don't know what exactly that they, they could do to get better at this point, but it's going to be either that or Darvin Ham getting fired. And then as for the Pacers, um, this injury to Halliburton, they said he's out at least two weeks and they'll come back and check. That's going to be big loss for them. And then also, like we said on the podcast when we were live, um, it's a young team. They can put up points, but, boy, they can't stop anybody. So it's it, they have to win shootouts. And in a seven-game NBA series versus some of the tougher opponents in the NBA, that probably won't work out too well. But they are in the East, so I expect them to still be able to make the playoffs or at least the play-in at the very least. I don't think they'll fall too far off without Halliburton. The thing to watch will be, though, since it's, you know, a soft tissue injury is kind of tough to deal with. They rush him back, and then it he ends up re-injuring it or re-aggravating re it. Then it starts getting real tough for them because, like, you can only have him out for so long before it does become – before worse turns to worse. So, yeah, uh, Pacers are – they might be <laughs> dead on arrival. <laughs> Pacers are DOA. Um C Spear 22 chimes in. What is Belichick's future? Ooh, man. It seems like he doesn't want to walk away. Uh, I think I seen earlier today he said he was willing to step down from GM duties in order to keep the head coaching position. Uh I think it I think it's just time for a fresh start somewhere else for him if he is gonna keep coaching, but I'm not gonna lie. It's kind of set in stone at least for me that without Tom Brady he's just he's not I'll still say he's the greatest defensive minded coach of all time I'll give him that there's no knocking that you can't take away what he's done over there for this the last 20 years in New England but without Brady to to help him out on the offensive side of the ball he he can't put enough pieces on the offense together he can't put a well put offense together um he's back and forth with McDaniels as his coordinator and I think Honestly, I think he should retire, but I know he wants that record over Shula for most victories. So I don't know where he ends up, but I would expect Robert Kraft to uh, probably pull the strings on that and I guess not fire him, but they'll mutually agree to part ways because, you know, they have part so much ways. respect for each other. Yeah. Uh, Bryce, I'll let you tackle this one, man, as being the Chiefs fan. Well, the Chiefs finally will finally figure it out. We'll together this weekend man um you know as a fan you know i want to wish and hope that here's the thing with us man for the first time ever in patrick 
Patrick Mahomes' career, we have a top five defense, really top three scoring defense. I think we finished as number two. It's not even that we need to get it all the way together. If the offense can just play a clean game and not turn over the ball, we're good to go. The defense does not allow 17 or more points to anybody. The few times we've done it this year, it's been the offensive fault, whether it be a pick six, a turnover in our own territory, in the red zone, something like that. So if we can just get it together and not turn over the ball, we should be able to get it together. But I'm not going to lie. It's going to be – this will be the toughest playoff route to the Super Bowl we've ever faced. It's looking like we'll have Miami this weekend, of course. Um, Miami's obviously really banged up, so – I expect us to handle business there. Then I would assume the Bills handle business versus the Steelers. So we'll have to travel to Buffalo, which will be a nice turn of events in the saga of us, you know, versus the Bills and all our playoff matchups. And then as long as the Ravens don't have a choke, it would be at Baltimore as soon as that. But if there's any guy I would be willing to bet my money on that could get it together and do that, it's Patrick Mahomes. And I know, like I said before, I got bias, obviously, because I'm a Chiefs fan. But I do just think, like, in one of those years, we we really have no business making it far. I still see us making a deep playoff run and kind of surprising some folks. And that's when I think some of sports media will kind of, you know, do the thing they always do. They flip to the other side. Well, yeah, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes. They've always made the AFC championship game. Yeah. Like, that's what we expected them, even though this whole year we've been bashed time after time again, and rightfully so because our offense has been below subpar the whole year, especially the wide receiver corpse. But like I said, we just need to play a clean game. We have the Super Bowl defense finally. Can our receivers just catch one to two more passes? Can Patrick Mahomes not throw an interception? Can can we feed Isaiah Pacheco, please? I, I really think that's the key right there. We don't need to rely on Patrick Mahomes' arm for this this Super Bowl trip. Feed Pacheco, run play action off of that, and and get what you can. And I hope Andy Reid, you know, if he's ever listening to this, you know, take this advice. But we'll see how it run goes. Wow, where we can man. run the um, damn ball. My boy Bobby chimes in. Jesus, can we stop betting Oklahoma State? Bobby, I have news for you. They play Iowa State this weekend, and we're going to be back on the OK State train one more time. We got to fade Iowa State after that big win against. Houston tonight. Raj Gill chimes in. Why did the Titans fire Vrabel? Makes zero sense. I agree 100% with that. I think that was an awful move. I will talk about that a little bit later. Um, Matthew, oh, this one hurts too. You remember we were talking, talking, I was telling you about my Michigan boy here. Matt chimes in. <laughs> go blue. Vrabel to the Raiders or Chargers? I have a, you know what? We're going to be talking about coaching a little bit later. I have a coaching prediction where Vrabel ends up. Do you have a coaching prediction where he ends up? Uh, Yeah. Um, Mine is kind of based on the fact that Belichick should be getting released or fired. It seems like there's no better spot for him than New England. He's still, you know, Patriot way to the core. Um, Obviously, he's got – all the ties there. I believe last year when he got inducted to the uh, Patriots ring of honor in his speech, he was using the word we and everything. So it, it kind of just seems right. Like I, I didn't expect him to get fired with Tennessee, especially with what they put on that team. And the, the I, to this day, the biggest boneheaded move they made was trading AJ Brown draft night a couple years ago. And you can see the disappointment on Vrabel's face from the draft room. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's gotta be Patriots. I, I don't, 
I don't see anywhere else for him, really, at least with the open spots as of right now. I have one. I'll get to a little bit later. I'll get to a little bit later with that. Cool Kev is chiming in. What is up? Cool Kev. Sports facts. What is up, guys? Um, And then I think that is it. Oh, Spear. Thoughts on the end of the Saints game with the last second TD? Man, you want to take this one first? Look, I don't have an issue with that. I have an issue with Winston calling, changing the play. Like, like that's that's my issue. You know what I mean? Why is Winston changing the play? The play was called in. You're a second string quarterback who you want to be a starter. You just showed in limited time you have playing, you're not going to listen to a coach and you're just going to go off. My issue is with that. I have no issue with this week 18 stuff just because you have people trying to get incentives. Campbell went up to O'Connell at the end of the game and was like, hey, we're throwing the ball to Josh Reynolds because he needed 39 yards to get 250K. They're trying to give him the incentive. Week 18, I don't have an issue with it. Week 14 earlier, you know, week 17 or earlier, obviously have an issue. My bigger issue with the situation was Winston changing the play. What about you? Uh, I feel like it was the way they did it. It'd be different. I feel like if they lined up in like I formation and ran the yeah. ball, like a clear run play, but to do it out of the, the victory formation, I just feel like that's only going to bring bad blood further towards the line in the future. Like next time they line up in victory formation, the defensive line might tee off just cause, cause they'll be like, Oh, well, we don't know what y'all are doing. And then I don't like the aspect that, you know, Winston and, you know, he said it was a team decision the whole team has been behind them. So I like that they're sticking together, but I don't like the fact that they all went against the coach. And I know we're probably going to touch on this pretty soon or it might be next, but I I've been, you know, I've been a fool for the last two years of betting on the Saints to win the NFC South because it's been such a terrible decision. They have a great defense. I foolishly thought, you know, I watched Derek Carr, obviously, for nine years in Las Vegas slash Oakland play my Chiefs. And I knew he wasn't that great of a quarterback. But I thought, hey, you know, Saints have a, a very good defense. He's got Olave, Michael Thomas, Kamara. Maybe he'll actually be able to be a game manager and win this division. Well, two years in a row. Two L's for me. Seems like the team has lost, or Dennis Allen has lost the team. And the fans in New Orleans, if you've ever been on Saints Twitter, um, they they are ready to get rid of Dennis Allen since about week five, it seems like. And so that kind of, for me, was like the icing on the cake. Like, you tell your team, go to victory formation, take the knee, and they all just usurp you and like, hey, we're going to get Jamal in the end zone. And forget what you say. So that's that's kind of where I stand on it. But like I said, I can't really knock the decision to run it. It's just the fact that they ran it out of victory formation. That's where yeah. it gets real weird. Like that's that's, good... that's kind of the low ball stuff right there. Sports facts, Bush League in my eyes. Also chimes in, Saints have talent, but coaching sucks, and they are in camp hell. Yeah, their salary cap situation is brutal. Dave Kozak, hey, hey, Kozak checking in from Texas. One of the few times, he means, uh, probably means few. Kozak, he is in Texas now, former Chicago Bears loyal fan, but stuck in Texas. Uh, also, let's make some money, chimes in. WTF, Chief scheme is on Peacock. Yeah, 
that pisses me off more than anything that they're putting this on Peacock. Luckily, my brother has a Peacock account. I'm just going to log in through his stuff and be able to watch the game via that. But I hate the fact they're using these streaming stuff. And I really feel that we're going to start to see NFL playoff games be pay-per-view. And that's really going to irritate me. Oh, my God. That's that's my worst fear. I was talking to my podcast partner, Cam, early about this because he was saying Peacock. And I was like, yeah, that's really stupid. And he's like, but it's only like $6. And I'm just like, this literally just is the, the beginning. It's going to open up the door for so much other BS down the line where, like you said, it could be something like pay-per-view where, hey, this primetime divisional matchup, you can only watch it on ESPN+. Plus. Like, nobody wants that for real. Like, this is the, the biggest games of the year. Just put it on the local news station like CBS, NBC, Fox, and just let people watch the game because – I know we're we're progressively, you know, moving towards more and more technology, but there are people out there still that only rely on cable or don't know how to even work TV apps like that. Like they won't know how to get to Peacock and they're they're probably some of the most loyal fans there are. And they're kind of getting X'd out from watching the game, a playoff game at that. So I, I really don't like it. And like you said, the pay-per-view thing, I'm just praying it doesn't come to that point. But the way this capitalist society is, I definitely see it coming down the pipeline sooner rather than later. I love my mom to death and she's a huge college, college basketball head, like huge. And she is sharp as a razor. I mean, since she's retired, she spends her days now just watching college basketball, but me having to talk her through to get to the Peacock app, just so she could watch Nebraska and Purdue was a 25 minute process. I mean, and I love her to death, but it's just hard. Also, um, you know, let's make some money is right. One of the, one of the premier college games today is Baylor BYU. It's on ESPN plus, which makes absolutely zero sense to me. XFL Jim chimes in. I can't wait till they let me stream a game from my own network. Dave Kozak, agree on the streaming on the NFL game. Started a couple years ago. Not a fan of it. Um, comments have been great, guys. Keep them coming. Now let's hop into the takeaway set. Oh, before we get to the takeaway section, excuse me. We need to talk NFL coaching. Obviously, you know, the coaches that got fired, Vrabel, Arthur Smith, um, and I'm spacing on the other one. What was the other one that got fired? Um, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera. Yep. Yeah, Ron Rivera. Um, obviously, the big shock to me was Rabel. I mean, and this, my two cents is this. Honestly, fans and owners are always like, we need to make a coaching change. Who the heck are the Titans going to get who are going to do a better job than Rabel? He took a team year after year with suspect players and Ryan Tannehill as your quarterback. He got them to the NFC championship game, AFC championship game. He beat Tom Brady in his last NFL playoff game in New England. And these guys just move off of him because they think the grass is greener on the other side. You look at the, the my Lions. They fired Jim Caldwell when they shouldn't have. And it took them to just now for them to get a coach where they got double-digit victories. You look at the Bears, who fired Lovey Smith after a 10-win season, and they still haven't gone back to the level that Lovey had been playing on every single year. 
the grass isn't greener. I think this is an awful hire. Um, I have a prediction for it. We'll get to that a little bit later. But I think this move is going to set the set the Titans back. And definitely with their quarterback situation, their cap situation, it's not a job I'd be hopping to get to. What 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 is your take with the uh, Vrabel situation? I agree. It's also a mind-boggling, horrible move for them, and it kind of makes it even worse that if you look at their division now, you got the up-and-coming Texans who people didn't think much of, but C.J. Shroud is a baller. D'Amico Ryan's rookie head coach looks to have that team rolling and believing in everything he's saying in that building. Then on the Colts' side, while they did just lose to the Texans to miss out on the playoffs, they played this whole year basically with Gardner Minshew. And I still fully believe Anthony Richardson has every possibility to be a really good quarterback, especially with Steichen as his coach. You got Jonathan Taylor signed long-term now. So the Colts, I would suspect, aren't going anywhere. Jacksonville is a little bit of a question mark because obviously they just choked away the division this year. But they're still, I would think, would be a decent team. You're getting rid of Rabel. Um, It's probably... A foregone conclusion now that Derrick Henry is out the building in Tennessee. You still don't have, I mean, I guess you have a wide receiver one in DeAndre Hopkins, but he's only going to be a year older. Will Levis was developing, but now he's going to have to have a new head coach, which isn't always the best for a young quarterback. So definitely, I, I don't know. These last couple moves in the offseason, starting with that A.J. Brown trade, it's just kind of gone downhill from there for the Titans. And they're... They're going to have to be in full rebuild mode, and I don't know off the top of my head, but I know they're building a new stadium. They're yeah. on, they're in territory of opening up that new stadium and the team being completely garbage, and you're going to need to sell seats in that new stadium. I know that much, so I, I definitely didn't see that one coming and don't agree with it whatsoever. If you're a huge sports fan, it's impossible not to spend a fortune on all the streamers. XFL gym, Titans might be a might be a bottom to open job. Let's I hate the Lakers 99 says Panthers and Titans are the bottom two open jobs. I actually probably agree with that. Just looking at the big picture. Panthers by far the worst job with oh yeah them having no first round picks being tied to Bryce Young. Let's make some memory. Henry is gone. Did you see him address the crowd after the game? That was really weird. That was like really, really weird how he took the mic and address the address the crowd. Um, one of the big rumors, college coach making the jump up to the NFL. That is obviously Harbaugh from Michigan. Where, I mean, you and I talked a little bit beforehand about this. We're both on this. We both have the same feel. Tell us what you think about Harbaugh. Um. Well, I've known for the longest. It's always been rumored throughout the years, but I think everybody has known that Harbaugh's main objective was always to make it back to the NFL once he went to Michigan somehow, some way. Now, obviously, it was on the brink here a few years ago when he had the losing streak versus Ohio State, and people were actually calling for him to be fired from Michigan. But keeps the job. You know, he's beaten Ohio State the last three years, finally gets the monkey off his back with the championship a couple nights ago. And now it's he's headed back to the NFL. Now, where? That's the question. Um, Like I was telling you, I would have thought – his preferred place, even though um, the char- I thought it was the Chargers, even though the Chargers are kind of in cap hell themselves and they're kind of in a semi-quasi rebuild, but they have Justin Herbert, you know, a guy who 
for better or for worse, you know, a lot of people have him top five. A lot of people, you know, will argue about that because he hasn't won anything. Um, I think at the very least, he's a top 10 talent, a quarterback right now. So I thought Harbaugh would love to have a quarterback he could rely on and build from there. But it's been rumored that it's looking like he might go to Vegas. And I just don't know what entices him to Vegas unless it's strictly about the dollars. Because I know yeah. they probably will throw a very lucrative deal his way. You're going to be in Vegas, all the money being made down there. But for them, they still don't have a quarterback unless, I mean, I I don't see this happening, but it would be funny. I don't know how you feel about J.J. McCarthy, but with the Raiders picking the draft, if they were to hire Harbaugh and he just goes and gets McCarthy because that was a quarterback so he knows him, that would be kind of hilarious to me. I don't think it would work out, but if it's going to be the Raiders, they need a quarterback because I don't know how much faith they have in Aiden O'Connell. So that it's something to keep an eye on. And then, of course, like we were talking about, the whole situation with Antonio Pierce. The guys yeah. love him. The Raiders had yeah. this happen a couple years ago. They had Rich Basaccia. Guys loved him. Mark Davis said, no, we're going to go get McDaniels, who's only had failed head coaching tenure after failed head coaching tenure. And now he's fired. Guys love Antonio Pearson. You're about to go hire another different coach when your players are clearly telling you, like, this is the guy for us. I don't know. And I mean, this is an organization. He can run it as he wants, but I, I can't see that one going too well for him. I agree with 100% everything you're saying. The first rumor I heard was Greg Roman and him going to L.A. to coach Herbert, try to get that San Francisco connection that they had back in the day going again. But then I think Davis is just going to open up the pocketbook. You got Devontae Adams who's saying, hey, we all want to be here for Pierce. And that's right. This is the same situation from a couple years ago. You have a guy comes in. He actually took them to the playoffs and you let him go, you have Pierce, who was the best coach against the spread this year. For us gamblers, that means a little bit something. But he was able to motivate a team that had nothing to play for and to close out the season. That's really tough to do. Uh, one thing, and I'm throwing this out here, and it's probably not going to happen because no one wants to coach the Chicago Bears because a lot of people don't know this. If you coach the Chicago Bears, you are required – to go to Saturday night mass with the owner. That's why they get people like Mac Eberfuse because no good. Roman Harbaugh with Justin Fields. That'd be something that would be getting excited about. Um, Brandon chimes in. Big question. Does Bill stay in New England and does the Mike Vrabel firing lean craft to sending Bill a way to get him as a head coach. I feel the decision needs to be made soon. Um, we kind of touched over this a little bit. Uh, Bryce thinks that Belichick is out and that Vrabel is going to be going there. Um, I just think my thing is this. I will give my Vrabel prediction right now. I think he goes to the Falcons. And this is why. They have the easiest schedule in the league next year per you know per team percentage who they play so they have one of the easiest schedules going into next year defense they have people in position offensive line is good 
You have that stud running back that he loves in Bijan Robinson that you can lean on. And you have a high pick where you can trade for a Justin Fields. Or maybe you could draft a Michael Penix Jr., get a Jalen Dan- Daniels. I think if he wants to win and with how weak that division is, I think Vrabel to the Falcons makes a lot of sense. I like that one. I was actually going to ask you because obviously you guys, the Lions, have the most one of the most coveted coaching coaches in Ben Johnson. And I was thinking if, say, if Chicago does choose to move off a of field and they trade him to Atlanta, does Ben Johnson go to Atlanta for that offense? Because I think, you know, maybe they'll, you know, Arthur Blank will finally say, like, well, we're, offense has been the problem these past couple of years. We need to get a surefire offensive-minded coach with all this talent we have while we still got it and then push that way. But I, I wouldn't be mad at the Vrabel because with the coach like Vrabel, I think – as long as this division is the way it is, I think the Falcons will win the division. No problem with him at the helm. So, Brandon chimes in. Sorry, I missed that earlier, but yes, I agree with the Falcons. Mayo passed on a head coaching job, and if he doesn't get the job in New England, I think that puts a bad taste in his mouth. That's interesting. Do you think they could promote Mayo with within if Belichick moves on? Uh, that that could be a thing. I it's really. I just don't – maybe it's out there somewhere, but I just don't know what Robert Kraft would be looking for because, like I said, obviously Belichick has had this long-winded dynasty, 20-plus years in New England. Does Robert Kraft want to keep, you know, kind of the Patriot way, people from that tree, Vrabel, Mayo, or does he want to go completely opposite and completely flip the switch and go with a, a pick that is high-risk, high-reward for head coach? I don't know what Robert Kraft really wants to see, but if he if he does want to kind of keep that Belichickian, you know, head coaching tree, yeah, I could see Mayo getting the call up. But I, it all comes down to what Robert Kraft wants. I know these last couple of years have been pretty frustrating. So I think it could be a possibility that he might be done with Belichick and everybody who is involved with him, and he might go a completely different route to try to get a fresh restart in New England. This could be the best comment I have ever gotten <laughs> while doing these. Kraft is looking for massage parlors in Florida. I mean, and come on. Deshaun Watson <laughs> together. <laughs> that is hands down the best comment I have ever gotten on this. Um, which of the coaching fire, the, the guys that got fired, which one do you feel was overdue? Ron Rivera, man, it, it it's past time. They should have fired him last year, but I get it. They got a whole new GM, finally got Snyder out of there, so they're kind of cleaning out, you know, the whole organization. So you don't want to make too big of moves. But Ron Rivera, it's just his comments post game is just so alarming. Like last year, I remember, I remember when the uh, the Cowboys played and the they played the Cowboys and they actually were still in playoff position. And instead, he plays Taylor Heineke. They lose. Then the next week, they play Howell. Howell goes off. And Ron Rivera at the press conference is like, I didn't know Howell gave us this good of a chance to win, or I would have played him last week. And I didn't even know we were still in contention for play. Like, how do you not know that as the head coach of an NFL football team? They bring him back this year. And then by the middle of the season, the team, you could clearly tell the Washington team had given up on him given up on the season. They trade Montez Sweat. He goes to Chicago. 
And Chicago has been a dumpster fire themselves. And he's on record saying, like, the whole situation in Chicago is better than what I was in in Washington. That should have been alarm, too, right there. So I was thinking they would have fired him, you know, at least by week 10 through, like, week 12, somewhere in there, and then say, hey, EB, be the interim coach. Let's just see what could possibly be if, you know, the position were to open up. That way they can know better if they wanted to move on or give EB a real shot or move to someone else. But Ron Rivera, it's it's been his time for some years. And um, like I think I've mentioned it to you before. I, I just think the the era of defensive-minded head coaches is slowly phasing out for this era yep. of football. You need an offensive guy and just a really good defensive coordinator. Like uh like the Chiefs right now, we got Spagnola, he's amazing DC. He's won Super Bowls as a DC. Head coaching hasn't really turned out in his favor. So he's back to doing DC and he's just good with that. Like yeah. that's I think that's the form- formula for today's game and yeah, Ron Rivera, it's it's time to go, but like I said, new management in Washington. Uh, I think they just finalized that they're going to be building a new stadium to open in like 27. So they they're trying to get things eventually turn around, but that that head coaching position will be an interesting job to look out for because you got EB, of course, on the staff, but there's all the questions around Sam Howell. Um, your division isn't getting any easier. Cowboys, Eagles right there. Dayball and the Giants made the playoffs last year, so they got to do something to get it all kicked back off, but it, it definitely had to start with Ron Rivera. I just wish they would have pulled that plug way earlier than they did. So They treat Ron like government cheese. Um, um, my one is overdue Arthur Smith. Like as soon as that stuff happened in Tampa where he said Bijan was sick, but then at the end of the game was giving him run to close the game right there. I'm like, dude, you're done. You're playing silly games. I don't want anything to do with this. You're giving Cordell Patterson touches in the red zone where you have Tyler Ajir and Bijan Robinson. I have no idea what you're doing. Your team is absolutely loaded with talent. And you finish with a losing record. Seven and nine, every single year you're there, you're gone, dude. You're done. You, like, yeah. to me, that is the one that is overdue. You kind of touched on it earlier. If there was a coach that you feel should have been fired, who do you think it is? Dennis Allen. It, it's got to be. He's I, – I, I don't know what the exact record is now, but I believe at one point in this season – and his head coaching tenure with the Saints and then his previous job with the Raiders, I think he was overall like 13 and 41. And then, like I said, the defense they had this year, the offense was terrible. And once like kind of the same, they are in the same boat as the Falcons. The NFC South was for the taking again this year. I believe the Bucks just won it with the, was it nine and eight record or something like that. 10 wins get you the division. I believe they had the game versus the Packers. They were up 17-0 with like a couple minutes left in the third. They dropped that game. Um, the first game versus the Bucks at home was a complete doozy that they dropped. And then the they turn game. around. Oh, the Vikings game. Yeah, so it's just, just game after game. He's clearly shown he can't be a good head coach. And – like I forgot who commented earlier, but Saints are in cap hell now. So like they've been trying to push off a rebuild for the longest. Like, oh, just push the money farther down the line. 
They got to – the line is here. They can't push it back any farther. They fully have to enter a rebuild mode. Like, Kamara's older. Uh, Michael Thomas is older. I don't know if he's going to play in the NFL again because I don't know if anybody will actually take the risk and sign him. Um, Cam Jordan on the defensive line, while he's super productive, he's older. Like, it's just time, New Orleans. Y'all y'all tried to keep that Super Bowl window as – open as possible, you know, the last years of Sean Payton, Drew Brees, until now, and it just didn't go your way. It's time to cut ties and fresh start New Orleans. I don't know who that necessarily should be as of right now at the top of my head, but Dennis Allen should definitely be fired. And, yes, yes, Kev, he should stick to D.C. positions only. He can run a defense, a team, not so much. Also cool, Kev, Arthur Smith should have put his foot in Desmond Ritter's ass. Um. Ninth least profitable coach against the spread since 2005, Dennis Allen. Ninth least profitable coach. Um, Look, I'm not a Robert Sala guy. I think he's awful. I think everyone thinks he's good for some reason. This was the first year he didn't finish last in the division. The first year he did not finish last in the division. Completely sold out the season for Aaron Rodgers. I really feel if Aaron Rodgers would have played it would have been a disaster he is 18 and 33 coaching and everyone acts like he's this coaching god i don't see it supposed to be a defensive genius and you consistently see teams have success running the football on him and he can't pick an offensive coach to save his life i think this is another guy like you touched on good defensive mind he's a defensive dc he needs to get fired that's a guy i would have gotten rid of um real quickly let's jump into our some coaching predictions what are some predictions you have uh so uh, like i said earlier i think Vrabel is gonna go to new england if they let bill belichick go and i think that will happen um i like the Vrabel to atlanta thing but i really think um and we can possibly get into this discussion later i think chicago should probably move off justin fields I think they're kind of falling into the same trap as last year where they started off bad, and then towards the end of the year, they looked better, so they had hope. Same thing happened this year. I think they should just go ahead, take Caleb Williams or whichever quarterback, and I guess Drake may be the other option they deem for the number one pick. And then you can also get an offensive lineman with their next pick or wide receiver, whatever they're choosing. That way you got a rookie quarterback on a rookie contract, you got hella cap space. You can start building that defense, get some big signings there. And Eberflus seems to be a good defensive coach. Whether he's a good head coach is still, you know, out to or out to be discussed, but it's not looking too good as of right now. And so I think Justin Fields goes to Atlanta, and I think they get Ben Johnson because Justin Fields, Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, that's a hell yeah. of an offense. If yeah, you could put something together down there, that team would be dangerous, especially in that division. Because like you said, they got they got the defensive pieces they needed this year. One of the big signings was Bates from Cincinnati. Cincinnati didn't want to pay him. He goes down to Atlanta. He's had an all-pro year. Um, they got A.J. Terrell at corner. Like, they have the pieces there. They just need a good coach. And I think Justin Fields could be serviceable in a different system with a guy who's a offensive minded coach instead of what he's been relegated to in Chicago. Um, I like that one a lot. I have gone back and forth with this fields thing in my eyes. I listed every quarterback 
I think with the teams and their quarterback positions, only 11 of them wouldn't take Justin Fields with what they have. But the flip side, he's never made it through a full season. So you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of the risk and reward with him. I think the Bears will move on from him. They'll take Caleb Williams with a top pick. And then, like you said, get an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. A uh, couple ones I have. Uh, I did my notes for this before the Vrabel news. I had Raheem Morris going to the Falcons. I think the Falcons go with a defensive mind because they just hit an offensive mind. We see that a lot of times after you have a defensive mind to coach, you go to the offensive mind, vice versa, has coaching experience, was a little too young for the job in Tampa, but he's totally revamped that Rams defense. If the Rams can put together and make a deep playoff run, I think that's somebody we could see get a head coaching job. I think Ben Johnson, I actually think Ben Johnson goes to the commanders. Bob Myers is taking over that front office. And what that's is Bob Myers? That's a great move for them. He is showing us he wants an organized front office. I think he's seen that in Detroit with how Detroit's kind of redone their front office. And I think he wants to go to someplace with structure. They have the third pick overall. You could possibly get a Jaden Daniels there, which would be huge in the Ben Johnson type offense. And since he's a younger coach, I think he's going to be given some leash with the new ownership, time to build. I think Ben Johnson to the commanders makes a lot of sense. And the Titans, I think this is going to be a huge mistake. I think they're going to take the Texans OC, Bobby Slowick. Um, we've seen this before with the Patriots during their heyday when a team has success for a couple years, other teams try to poach other guys behind like assistant GMs, assistant coaches, and try to build like a New England West. I think we're going to start to see teams try to build a San Francisco. Like this will be a San Francisco East because the GM, what's his name? Um, Clayton used to work in the San Francisco front office, has ties to Sludwig. This hasn't worked in the past. We try to revamp a culture in a different city. I think that would be an awful move for the Titans. I think the Titans is a job bottom two as XFL Jim said, that I want nothing to do with moving forward. Um, Bryce, takeaways. What is your first takeaway for week 17, my man? Week 18, excuse me. Uh, it's about to, It won't be hot this weekend, but it's about to be real hot down there in Miami. They got a lot of questions to be answered this offseason. I'm... Um, I'm hoping and I'm thinking my Chiefs will handle business, knock out the Dolphins. And they still made the playoffs this year, but it is another year where towards the end of the season, as the schedule picked up, as the weather got colder, whatever you want to say, the Dolphins completely fell off. They have all the talent. I know they've gotten hit with the injury bug a little bit towards the end of this year, but look around the NFL. Who hasn't been hit by an injury bug this year? You look at Cleveland, they're balling out with Joe Flacco right now. So there's really no excuse, especially when you have a Tyreek Hill, Devon A-Chain. Tua, they haven't paid him. They're, if they don't make any noise this playoffs, I feel like it's going to be some very tough conversations where the most they'll give them is maybe a one-year deal, but they're for sure drafting some quarterback in this year's draft in potential hopes of replacing Tua because – I don't think Tua is the guy. And in that Mike McDaniel offense, if you could put a more athletic QB in it, I think it would 
like the offense is already game breaker level. But if you put like a Jaden Daniels in that Miami offense with McDaniels and add that element to them, they would be extremely dangerous. Imagine all the speed just on an RPO with him, A-Chain, Hill, and Waddle out there. Like it would be insane. And that's a quarterback on a rookie contract. Tua's in line to get paid. And I know they don't want to pay him, you know, the upper echelon of what these other quarterbacks have been getting, but that's what the market is. So they'll have to be a little bit below that. And he hasn't shown enough, in my opinion, to warrant a contract like that. And depending on how this playoff game goes, if it's really bad, it's going to get really tough down there, Miami, because where do you go from here? Uncle Rico, I don't want to hear the Tua hate. Yes, Bryce, you may not know about this, but I have been anti-Tua since the draft. That is the way I am blocked by certain personalities in the sports media. One of them is Colin Cowherd, and it was all because of Tua. I tweeted, like, I retweeted him. I feel bad for anyone that thinks Tua is going to be good at the pro level, and he completely blocked me. I am not a Tua guy. I agree 110% with you. I'm sorry, XFL Jim, if you're still watching. I know you're a Dolphin fan. I know you're pro Tua. But Bryce and I, we think the Dolphins need to move on from him because you're right. That offense is electric. Hill, Waddle, Mozart, Achen, they have players. Offensive line is playing good. Defense. Has been playing better. Yeah, I think if they had a better quarterback, I think this team could make a little bit of a run. My first one, I just want to know what the hell the Colts are doing on the last play. First off, let me say I'm not a Gardner Minshew guy. I think he's a character. I don't think he's a football player. I know Godson is getting a lot of flack for dropping the ball, but that was thrown behind him. If that was a better quarterback, that would have been right on the dot. Now let's go to the play call. You have rushed for 227 yards, averaging 6.1 yards per attempt, and you throw the ball on fourth and one, and you're not throwing it to Michael Pittman, Downs, Pierce, Taylor, or Moss. You are throwing it to your third-string running back who has nine targets, six receptions, and 34 yards on the season with your season on the line. In my eyes, if you're going to throw it, I'm throwing it to Michael Pittman. He is their best wide receiver. He's an all-pro. He's playing at an elite level this year. Or I'll be honest with how well they are running the ball at Jonathan Taylor, averaging 6.3 yards a carry. I am turning around and I'm giving it to JT, who's my best offensive weapon. And one more thing. Why wasn't Taylor or Moss on the field for that last play, at least as a decoy? Like, just give me something. They weren't even on the field. Absolutely hated that last play call in a brutal way for the Colts to end their season, which had been so good this year wow. yeah that was that was tough but as a texans better i definitely enjoyed I was, watching I that ball at the dirt i was on the texans too and i absolutely loved it um takeaway two what you got my man uh cowboys nation i don't know i know we had uh i forgot who it was but somebody said they're a dallas fan and i think you're saying it's a friend who used to live in chicago so I just want to warn you, I don't know if you're new to being a Dallas Cowboys fan. Don't get your hopes too far up because they love to let their fans down. But, uh, man, if it's not this year for Dallas, it's never going to happen. Um, when the year started, I went on my podcast, and I, I had Dallas as my Super Bowl pick because the way I saw the year playing out was I thought they could get first place in the NFC, and then by that they would force Philly and San Francisco to have to play each other in the divisional that way they wouldn't have to see San Francisco and they can make the NFC championship game finally. 
Well, it didn't play out exactly that way, but because of Philly's downfall towards the second half of the season, Dallas is now lucked into the second seed. They have home field advantage. Everything is right in front of them. They will not have to see San Francisco until the NFC Championship if they can make it that far. If it's not now, I don't know when. Because next offseason, Dak's contract is up. You're gonna have to pay. My, you're gonna have to make Michael Parsons the highest paid defensive end in the NFL. CD's got to get paid. So dominoes are gonna start falling on some of the extra outside pieces. And you got Diggs coming back from a torn ACL, who you've already paid, and we don't know how he'll return yet. So this is now or never. Like it's been, I believe, going on 21, 22 years since they made the NFC Championship. Uh, there's really no excuse. You're going to get Jordan Love in his first playoff game. Now, me and my friends were talking. It would be the most hilarious thing ever if Dallas is up by three or four with a minute and some change left and Jordan Love makes a game-winning drive and it's complete deja vu of Aaron Rodgers years back in uh, AT&T Stadium in the playoffs. And then, of course, McCarthy-Green Bay connection right there. But you get that matchup. Uh, then because you did luck out with the two seed, and I, I don't know how you feel about this because I haven't got to talk to you about it, but that call from the game versus you guys in Detroit is a big, big thing that happened this season that gave Dallas the two seed and y'all the three seed. So if y'all were to win, y'all would have to travel back to Dallas, and Dallas is a very strong home team. So, so strong home team, weaker competition. They have to make the NFC Championship in – I mean, I don't want to say Super Bowl or bust, but I mean, let's keep it real here. It's Super Bowl or bust. What are we playing for? You have a top defense. Dak is having a career year. CD is the number one wide receiver in the league, statistically speaking. Everything is right there in front of you. Dallas has to capitalize on the opportunity now, or they will face a lot of tough decisions because I'm in the mindset of, I'm not saying Dak is a bad quarterback, but it's kind of at the point now where I was feeling with Derek Carr and the Raiders. Yes, he might be serviceable, but it's pro he's proven time and time again that being a quarterback for this certain franchise, they're never going to get over the hump. And if they don't get over the hump this year, I don't think it's going to happen. And that's that's just how it is. NAA86, can the Packers pull up the upside in Dallas? Would love to see Jerry Jones run on the field and fire. Mike McCarthy, that'd be a sight, sight to see. Sports facts: Lamb will be the top pick in fantasy drafts next season. I could see that. I could see that with everyone kind of going to PPR. Hen, not Henry, but CMC getting up there. I could kind of see that. I could see people drafting Lamb. Um, my next one: Can Matt Lafleur Lafleur finally get some credit? There were four teams that didn't have a player selected to the Pro Bowl. The Patriots, 2-15. and 15. No, sorry, the Panthers, 2-15, and 15, worst record in the league. Patriots, 4-13, second-worst record in the league. And the Commanders, 4-13, tied for the second-worst record in the league. The fourth team, the Green Bay Packers, who were 9-8 and eight and made the playoffs. LaFleur has made the playoffs with a team that had zero Pro Bowl players. This has not happened since the Seahawks did it in 2010. This team is the youngest in the league, the youngest team in the NFL for the last six seasons. They finished 6-2 and two over the last eight games to storm into the playoffs with wins over the Chiefs and Lions. 
in a must-win spot against your rival Bears. They got the win in an ugly fashion. That was a playoff-type win. And the fact he's literally getting zero talk for Coach of the Year is insulting in my eyes. Also, the five years in Green Bay, 56-27, and 27, 68% winning percentage, four playoff appearances. The year that the Packers didn't make it to the playoffs came down to the last game of the season. I think it's about time when we look at these good coaches in the league, we need to start putting a little respect on Matt LaFleur's name and start considering one of these top-tier coaches. I just don't think he gets enough credit because of what happened with Aaron Rodgers and everything. He kind of got Rodgers. Rodgers was at his peak during that season. But look, with what he's done this year, I think we need to start giving him a little street cred. Oh yeah, He definitely deserves more credit. And that's actually one of the reasons I could potentially see a close game or the, the actual upset of the Packers over the Cowboys. Because I think LaFleur will coach circles around McCarthy. And it hasn't come back to bite him yet. But if you've watched the Cowboys the last few weeks, um, I know the Detroit game comes to mind, the Seattle game. McCarthy is still a very bad game manager. He doesn't do the clock right. He's he's anti-analytics. Like, if you've ever watched the analytic broadcast of, like, the Thursday night prime games, every time the Cowboys had something where it's like, analytics say, you should do this. McCarthy did the exact opposite. And it's almost cost them time and time again, but they've lucked out and they've won games. So I really could see LaFleur coaching circles around him. They The Packers have a healthy Aaron Jones. I think A.J. Dillon was a bit banged up, but he's getting healthier. That's the perfect antidote to that Cowboys defense. If they can run the ball down the Dallas's throat and control the clock, that game becomes very interesting. And I'm telling you right now, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's just the NF, I can read the NFL script, but – Something tells me it's going to come down to a final possession with Jordan Love and the ball, and every Cowboys fan is going to be holding their breath because they're like, oh, my God, not again. Aaron Rodgers is gone. This can't happen with Jordan Love. Not this year. We got the two seed. We got home field advantage, all that, and he might just rip out their souls and pull it off. Um, Dave Kozak, Detroit got screwed on that call. Love that garbage. Um, My two cents on that, and I'm sorry for not answering your question, there was still 30 seconds left in the game and Detroit's defense is absolutely brutal against the pass. And the Cowboys have one of the best kickers in the NFL. I would have zero faith of them getting a stop. I mean, that that's just me, honestly, like at first I was fuming, I was pissed off, but then I'm watching the game with my folks. Cause I was still there for Christmas. My old man looks, they can't stop shit on defense. They would have kicked the field goal. And then I started thinking about, it, I was like, God damn, dude, you're right, dude. They can't stop shit on defense. And that was evident by that, like, third down and forever, and they Lamb had a 98-yard touchdown pass, 98-yard touchdown reception. I just don't think Detroit's defense is good enough. I think they would have gave up a field goal there, and Dallas would have won the game. Maybe that's just me being a negative Nancy, but I I have zero faith in the Lions' defense. Um, We have reached our betting part. We have each have three bets. Our first bet, we are actually on the same side. So, Bryce, I'll let you make your statement, your your fat. Your, I'll let you make your case first for the Rams plus the three and a half. Uh, yeah, man. I know as a Lions fan, this has got to be pretty bittersweet. Um, it's been years since y'all made it to the playoffs, finally make the playoffs. For one, last week is just heartbreaking. I hate to see Laporta go down 
with what looks to be a serious knee injury, especially headed into the playoffs. Um, getting a home game and it's versus Matthew Stafford, the the one. I mean, I don't know how you feel as a Lions fan, but I know a lot of y'all were rooting for him when he went to LA and made the Super Bowl. You know, kind of felt like an extension of a Los Angeles Rams fan just for Stafford. And then the Rams are one of the hottest teams out right now. Like you said, that Detroit defense is very suspect. You got potential rookie of the year, Puka Nakua. I don't think he'll get it but because of C.J. Stroud and what he just did. But Puka Nakua, Cooper Cup, Kyron Williams is a beast. Matthew Stafford slinging it, and it's just it just sucks because maybe any other loss to any other opponent might be a little bit easier to bear, but the fact it's going to be – Matthew Stafford potentially knocking you out of the playoffs after it took this long to get back. It's kind of like, I don't know what the NFL script writers had written up this year, but they made sure to get all the connections for all of these playoff matchups across the board. And yeah, Rams plus three and a half. I think they might win outright. So if you know, if you liking what you hear and you can see that happen too, you might want to sprinkle on plus odds for that. But yeah. Plus three and a half field goal. Easy. I think, I think Stafford, goes for at least probably 250 yards and Kyron Williams might have multiple touchdowns as well. So it could be a long night for you guys in Detroit. I'm on the Rams plus three and a half too. And it's going to break my heart because we all know how this is going to end. Lions will be up four. Stafford's going to get the ball on his own 25 own 20, whatever. He's going to drive the length of the field. I know the Lions are one DVOA versus the run. So on paper, it's a tough matchup for Kyron Williams. But when we looked at when Williams has played other top 10 rushing defenses per DVOA, he played the Ravens 25 attempts for a buck 14 against the Browns, 21 attempts for 88 yards. So he's performed good in those games where he's played another defense that was top 10 DVOA against the run, averaging over four point one yards per game oh sorry in those games oh i am sorry i totally messed up my notes the last three games that he's played 23 attempts 114.3 yards per game five yards per carry he's peaking well and he's played good against those teams that are top 10 rushing defense i think that's going to have some success on the ground now let's look at the lions defense 16th DVOA in the last three weeks. Nick Mullins, 396 yards, two touchdowns. Dak Prescott, 345, two tutties. Nick Mullins, again, 411, two touchdowns. So the last three games, quarterbacks are averaging 384 yards and two touchdowns per game. Plus, Nick Mullins had not one, but two games where he threw for 390 yards. Let's just let that sit in for a minute. Nick That's Mullins. Ridiculous. Passed for 390 yards two times against Lions. How are they going to be able to stop Stafford and Cup and Puka in the back four? Makes zero sense to me. Um, plus, the Lions will obviously be without Laporta, as you mentioned. This will hurt the passing cat because everything with Ben Johnson's offense just funnels in the middle of the field. McVay, 3-1 and one on the road in the playoffs against the spread, 3-2 and two as a dog. Um, plus there's a saying, don't poke the bear. I don't know if you saw this. The lions are banning anyone from wearing a lion's Matt Stafford Jersey. And now you got Kelly staff Stafford 
Matt's wife going on social media, bad mouthing this. Don't poke the bear. Like, don't like this guy won a Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Don't give him this little X, little, you know, um, boost. I think the Rams have the defensive matchup, defensive advantage, quarterback advantage, and coaching advantage. I'm taking the Rams here plus the three and a half. I, I didn't know about that whole Stafford thing, but that definitely adds a lot of juice to the game. And I'm also a little worried, you know, I don't, I'm not. Uh, knocking his style, I kind of like, you know, how Dan Campbell is always willing to take a chance on fourth down and everything. But I think with the heightened stakes of the playoffs, he might try to force it in a position where he doesn't need to. And potentially that mistake might end up costing y'all the game on the back end. Whereas McVay, plenty of playoff experience, Super Bowl winning coach. He, he, he just has the upper hand in this matchup. I feel like in, yeah, it, it I could definitely see your situation playing out. Matthew Stafford, you know, everybody booing, no Matthew Stafford jerseys, final drive. He might even throw in a no look just because. And, yeah, leads him right down to the end zone. Touchdown. City of Detroit, broken hearts for the rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, Next bat, and we're going to a player prop. I actually like this one a lot. Yes, so Joe Flacco has been – Balling ever since he took over the reins for Cleveland. Um, we had this matchup, I think uh I think it was a Christmas matchup, uh Texans versus Browns, but CJ Shroud was out with a concussion. Uh that game, Amari Cooper went off for 265. So I would imagine Texans coming into this game is like, well, we cannot let that happen again. But on the flip side, Njoku is he's arguably Flacco's number one target, even with Amari Cooper on the field. Um, he could easily hit this prop, I feel like, in three or so receptions, just up the seam in the middle of the field, Flacco is going to hit him. I think he's going to get a bulk of the targets, and I think Flacco will actually have to pass more this game because I think the Texans are going to surprise a lot of people, and I think CJ will be able to put up points on that Cleveland defense, and it might be a bit of a shootout of a game. And so I think because of that, Flacco, a lot of attempts, and Joku, his 1A or 1B target, however you want to put it with Amari Cooper, I think over 55 and a half should be a, a nice play for everybody. I like that a lot. You know, as Let's Make Some Money chimed in, he's been a target machine with Joe Flacco. I'll probably be on this one myself. I think it's a great leg that you can add in prize picks. My next one kind of mentioned a little bit earlier. I'm on the Packers here, plus a seven and a half. Look, I'm not a fan of this Dallas team. I think the Cowboys' defense isn't going to be able to generate stops. Look, their defense is based on one thing, generating pressure. And who is one of the best this year against pressure? That is Jordan Love. And the reason is Love's footwork. He is phenomenal at moving to his right, even falling back. We've seen this, throwing off his back foot to a wide receiver. Um, Cowboys' offense, look, they're just going to try to get the ball to CD. What are the Packers going to do? They're going to double CD and they're going to force the rushing game to beat them. This rushing game has been a huge disappointment this season. I really think they're missing Ezekiel Elliott because I don't think Tony Pollard is a number one back. They've only rushed for 1,920 yards this season, averaging only 4.1 yards per carry. This is their lowest rushing total since 2020. For how bad the Packers' rush defense is, I don't think the Cowboys will be able to move the ball on the ground. 
thus putting more pressure on Dak. Now let's not forget the Packers. Lions were able to move the ball on the ground against the Cowboys. Bills manhandled them on the ground. I think Aaron Jones is going to have a good game. I think A.J. Dillon, who's coming back, who is healthy, is going to help that rushing attack. Also, I know people are going to say, but Eric, Dak is 20-10 and 10 when laying seven points or more. How many of those are against the Commanders and Giants? That is my reply. When you take the Commanders and Giants out, he's only 7-5-1 and one when laying seven points or more. That's not a good percentage. Dak in the playoff is 5-1 and one ATS. I think the Packers have the coaching advantage, and I think LaFleur is a better schemer than him. I think he's going to be able to scheme the ball to Jalen Reed, Romeo Dobbs, get Aaron Jones going. I'm on the Packers here, plus the 7.5. And, and Matthew Clay chimes in. Purdue just lost. Big upset with Purdue and Houston going down tonight. Can't wait and to face Houston. Houston, I don't know how they got the number two spot over Kansas in the first place. They've beat no ranked opponents. And welcome, welcome to the Big 12, Houston. This isn't the American Conference anymore. It's no more cupcakes. They they found out about that Hilton Magic. I think they opened up the game like 14-0 yeah. to start. So yeah, man. It's, it's gonna be I mean, a, it's Big gonna be 12. fun to see them. Big 12 is ain't no joke, man. You got Baylor, BYU, since he's playing some good ball. You got Texas. This that is the best basketball conference right now by far. Um, can't Purdue. I'm gonna have to see who Nebraska plays next. Um, oh my mom just texted me that too. Purdue just lost. Um <laughs> Bryce, third bet. Where are you going, my man? Kinda hinted at this earlier, man. If my Chiefs want to have success, it all runs through Isaiah Pacheco. Feed pop the beast, man. Um, I don't know if you've heard, but the weather projections for this game, zero degrees with the negative 19 wind chill. It's going to be snowy. Like we said, Miami, warm team. As the weather gets colder, they don't play their best. Defense is really banged up. Funny enough, I think they just signed Justin Houston today, who's been on his couch all season. So uh, I love Justin Houston for what he did for my Chiefs way back in the day, but definitely got to run right at him, see how well-prepared he could possibly be on a, a week notice um last time we seen pacheco he sat out this week 18 which i think was big for him because he's been a little bit banged up with the shoulder had to have a mid-season surgery to clean some things up but he came back a few weeks ago when we played cincinnati and uh for those who watch my podcast you'll know over the past couple years whenever we do play cincinnati it always frustrates me when we have a third and three third and four and we try to pass the ball against Luana Rumo's defense because he has all the answers for our passing game. But Pacheco eats every time versus him. Last time we seen him versus Cincy, he rushed the ball 18 times for 130 yards. In the snow, the way Pacheco runs, like he's angry at the earth, Miami's not going to want to tackle him. Feed him at least 15-plus times. He gets 100 yards on the ground easy. Guarantee it. We're able to run the clock out, able to do play action from there. So, this game, it has to go through Pacheco, and we got to rely on our defense to keep doing what they've been doing all year. So over 60 and a half, I think that's an easy one to take the bank. This is honestly my favorite pick of the week. And then, like I said about the weather, if y'all want to put a bet on the actual game, go under. Um, our defense doesn't allow teams to score over 17 points. I'm still not necessarily sold on our offense, especially with the weather coming into factor. If our receivers can't catch in fair weather, I can only imagine how bad they could be this weekend. So 
yeah, Pop Pacheco, all game, low scoring game. I could see us winning this one in a fashion of like 21 to 13, 21, 17. So take the under 44 if you're looking for another bet as well. Let's make some money asks, should I ladder this with Pacheco? Yeah, you, you definitely could. Um, you could do under game total, Chiefs ML, Pacheco over 60 and a half. And um, depending on what betting platform you are, you could even take Pacheco's rushing yards down a little bit for maybe a little bit lesser odds. But just since you're making a ladder play, you could do that as well. But, yeah, definitely, definitely put all those in. I think that's how the game plays out. Weather's going to make it low scoring. Um, Miami's offense isn't good versus good teams. Our offense has been so-so all year. Even if we do get it a little bit together, I don't expect us to go put up 30 or anything in this weather. And I would assume if we do get the lead and we are feeding Pacheco, we're probably going to want to get out of there pretty quick with the weather being the way it is and not try to do too much. So that's kind of the game script I have going in my head as right now. My bet, and this is just for you, my friend. Give me the Chiefs minus the four. Look. I love it. I loved it when I seen it. <laughs> Tua is from where? Hawaii. He plays in Miami, and he's going to be playing in cold weather. 43% chance of snow. And I heard from, I went to weather.com, it could get to negative 10. Yeah. Negative 10. And you have a team from the south coming up north to play in that. Plus, let's look at the injuries for the Dolphins. They don't have Bradley Chubb, who is their best pass rusher. And we've seen you've been able to get – I don't mean to be mean here, but you've been able to get to Mahomes this year. Yeah. Without the best pass rusher, I don't think they're going to be able to create enough pressure. Also, who does the offense – who does Mahomes look to the most? Travis Kelsey. Miami is 30th DVOA defending the tight end. This is an absolute phenomenal matchup for Kelsey. Also, Raheem Mostert. He's banged up. He is huge for this Finns rushing attack. I know people want to think HN is a thing. My thing with him is he can't touch the ball 20 times a game like Mozart can. Mozart has shown in San Francisco that he can have the offense funnel through him touching the ball 20 times a game. And if he's not 100%, this is going to hurt their offensive tech. Also, Jalen Waddle, he's banged up. He's not 100%. Also, I, I don't mean to be that guy. I had under 1050 yards this year. He finished with 1030. So shout out to Jalen Waddle for not playing that last game. I really appreciate that, my man. And my one thing with Tyreek Hill, and we saw it again on Sunday, is it just me or is anytime there's a big play, Tyreek Hill is hurt and on the sidelines? I just... I it's just something that's sticking out to me. Anytime it's a big play, Hill is on the sidelines. Tua has one win this year against a team with the winning record. That was against the Dallas Cowboys a couple weeks ago. Two wins the last two seasons against a team with a winning record. That just shows he can't win these big time big games. Another reason why we talked why you talked about why the Dolphins should move on to him. Chiefs, namely Chris Jones, has been able been great this year generating pressure because of his lack of foot to his lack of footwork. I think he's going to be rushing a lot of throws, major offensive line issues with the Dolphins. I just love the Chiefs here. I'll take them at minus four. And look, if I get plus money on Chris Jones sack, 
throw that to me all day long. Oh, yeah. And uh, Kelsey is more focused on Taylor Swift. <laughs> Man, um, I honestly think I don't I don't know what it is officially, but I'm sure when the season is officially over with, it'll come out that Kelsey has something wrong with him. And so he'll have to have some type of offseason surgery. But he got to rest this week and he actually opted himself out. He was on track. He needed 16 more yards for eight straight 1K seasons. He sat out this past week. So I think a week of rest will be big for him. As old as he is, it's looked like, you know, time has kind of caught up with him this year. So definitely think if we are able to run the ball well, open up that play action, like you said, Miami 30th and defending tight end. So maybe we'll get a primetime Kelsey game. And I, this was a pick I went to last year, and just seeing that it made me think of it. Um, just being a Chiefs fan, this isn't even like studying stats. Every year since we've had Mahomes in the playoffs, Kelsey has got a touchdown in all of the playoff games besides the first one, which was versus the Colts. So Kelsey, anytime touchdown, take that to the bank. And then last year, it was a podcast special pick. I was like, if you are listening to this, sprinkle on two touchdowns because I think he'll get two. It's that That's how he kind of plays when the playoffs get here. He had two touchdowns within the first half, I believe, versus Jacksonville last year. So Kelsey, anytime touchdown could be another play if you are looking to sprinkle anywhere else um like you said uh our line has been a little bit iffy um i think our we were starting a rookie left tackle the past couple weeks wanya morris who's now in concussion protocol but i believe we're supposed to be getting donovan smith back but he hasn't been that great either so that's more the reason why i'm like andy just run the damn ball let's take time uh control the time of the game It'll open everything else up. We do not have to, like, Mahomes, go do your magic. Like, we don't have to rely on that for this game. And, yeah, man, negative four, I like it. Like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see Miami in the snow. Can't wait to watch that one on Peacock because that's the only place we can watch it. But I'll be tuned in for sure. That is brutal. Also, I hate the Lakers. Nebraska is against Iowa on Friday. Great. I get to bet on the Iowa basketball i guess i know what i'm gonna be doing my friday night watching a little big 10 basketball with iowa and nebraska bryce i would like to thank you for coming on talking some nfl this was a great episode uh we talked coaching we looked back we shared our bets always appreciate you coming on especially when you're on your vacation why don't you tell everyone one more time where they can find you on social media and what platforms your podcast comes out on Yes, you can find me at INISPOD on Twitter, on YouTube, on TikTok. Instagram is what Eric put in the description with the underscore first, underscore INISPOD. Um, our podcast comes out on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube. So you can find us there. We post every week. We post a daily, or not daily, but we post a TikTok promo video leading up to our episodes that drop every Thursday as of right now. Um, like I said, we're talking NFL, NBA, college basketball, college football. Um, this past week, I was in your boat. I didn't want Michigan to win. I, I've been calling Washington all year, and you know, Washington dropped a dud on Monday night, so that was unfortunate to see. Did win $50 off my podcast friend, he's a UT fan. I bet him for the UT UW game, so I got 50 there, but then I lost that 50 right back on Ben Washington versus Michigan. Um, NBA is picking up once this NFL season uh, finishes. We'll kick into gear on NBA. So, yeah, definitely follow us there. Um, I tweet all of our picks out on our page. 
So you you might if you follow Eric, you might sometimes see him retweeting some of our stuff. We're involved a lot in some of the group chats on there. So yeah, give us a follow. Hope you like what you see. It's a lot of the same stuff me and Eric talked about here today with a couple of my friends from my childhood. So thank you for having me once again. It's a pleasure coming on. Love chopping it up with you about everything sports. Can't wait to hopefully, you know, probably hop back on after playoffs are over, wrap up all the final season thoughts, off-season moves and everything. So looking forward to it. Definitely looking forward to having you on again, guys. If you're not listening to their podcast, watch it out. When I go on my runs and walks, working out, I always have it playing. Great stuff, entertaining, good back and forth, and more importantly, great information. Make sure to check that out. We'll be back next week. Let's make some money. Let's lit up. God, I've been messing up talking a lot today. Let's make some money. Let's cash some tickets. Until next week, boys and girls. (laughs) 